0: speaking of slacks come to bbd bring pants is that code that's why not Yep, and when it comes to Winona, you just never know what's going to happen. Hello and welcome to the Forever Fangirls podcast. Today we're covering Winona Earp, episode 4-8, Hell Raising Good
1: Time.
0: I'm Sheila Amato, and you can find me and my wife on Twitter at ForeverFanPod.
1: And I am Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on our website at ForeverFangirls.com or Instagram at ForeverFanPod. So, Halloween is in the air in purgatory. Yes, complete with costumes, Britney, ladybugs, angels, and the reappearance of a specific hat. Anyway, uh, before my wife spoils you, we're going to start our banter music now. Okay, so... Yesterday felt like summer, didn't it? In summer Yes, and it was strange because you see all these huge mounds of snow Left over from that massive snowstorm we had Mm -hmm. In the the parking lots While our jackets we threw into the backseat of the car And we had like the sunroof open And we were getting our vitamin D Yeah, it was nice
0: And to tie it to last week's banter Before you you spoil it I did not
1: spoil anything (sighs) We now know what snow does in summer It stays frozen in mounds in parking lots Did you hear that? No. Do I need to do it again?
0: <laughs> really? You're um, you're really having fun with that. You'll have to just figure out how to make it just a
1: little bit louder. I can make it louder, but my banter music is loud. So if I hit the little thing, it just plays in the background. All right. Well, you're going to have to figure that out anyway. Really? Yes. <laughs> anyway. And yes, I like my, my little Your mixer little device. Your little toy? It's not a toy. It is a professional device. <laughs> Okay, so
0: um, let's see what else you can do as our banter music starts to come to an end and we delve into the heart of Hellraiser Good Time. So to start us off, Kimberly will read the episode summary from IMDb.
1: Winona and Waverly have a Halloween they'll never forget as Rotten Jack terrorizes purgatory. No? You really? didn't like my emphasis there? Your emphasis on the wrong syllable? All right. <laughs> Look, I think this was a fun episode, um, but there was a lot of dark elements underneath all the laughs, mm-hmm. and they really gave us some important tidbits, um, information-wise, in in regarding to what is happening in Purgatory while the Earp Sisters were in the garden with Doc, and how it continues to this day, and what's been going on. Right, and
0: yeah, you know, I really the the episode was really intricately written and performed. So,
1: so let's go ahead and discuss that okay um well first let's get into the dark side of things because there was a lot of it yeah even though you know I I have to admit sitting back after watching it I didn't really think of the darker elements until all of a sudden I was like damn that's how they presented it yeah it's
0: it, the the darker elements are wrapped up
1: in the lighter epi- lighter moments so BBD's head has left mm-hmm. um, and her assistants in charge mm-hmm. and he's calling the shots and he's putting a heck of a lot of pressure on Jeremy to get some results from Agent Earp. Mm -hmm. And it it might not seem like an overwhelming a lot or overwhelming, it might not seem like a lot (laughs) of pressure per se. Do you want more chocolate? No, because then I'll crunch it. Oh, okay. But if you take that step, he's standing on the staircase and the the new leader or the new uh, commander, so to speak, is saying, you know, you have to go in here. You must be doing this. And Jeremy just looks at him and goes, you can take away everything from me. You cannot take this. And that is his one hour a week every Tuesday. Right. And and in that meeting is when we finally
0: get to see Robin, but but it's not Robin. No. You know, and we see shades of him, but but something is very, very off. He, you know, he even says, I wear a mask every day, and it's not until later that we really understand what that means.
1: Exactly, and that introduction, you and I looked at each other. We were both like, "What?" Yeah,
0: I, I was even looking at you know IMDb. and like, "Wait, that's that's not
1: that's not the same actor from before. What's going on?" It it felt like that was the little pinprick of like the first needle in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that really introduces us to the fog mm-hmm. because that is the catalyst for the majority of this episode. Yep. And we meet up with the extractor, Casey, from the Randy Nedley chili cook-off for freedom. No? (laughs) You wrote that in here? I did. I did. So, yes, he he avoids the Earp sisters. Mm -hmm. You know, he's friends with them, but he avoids them because he, he doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't have confidence in himself. You know, we can get to that later. But he knows what the fog is. Yes, he does. He knows exactly what the fog is because he puts a gas mask on and tethers himself to what I think was the picnic table yeah. and runs into the fog knowing they're going to chase him. Yeah. You know, when,
0: when he did that, I was thinking, you know, that's like cave diving. You know, when you go cave diving in um, scuba diving and you have to tether yourself to the outside so that you don't get lost inside the cave. Yeah. I, you know, that's what I was thinking of when, when that happened. I'm like, why is he doing that?
1: It, it makes absolute sense. I mean, if you remember when they were in the fog too, you know, going back to the tether, he knew how to get out. He followed his tether back. Mm-hmm. He also didn't stay in there very long. And again, he had the gas mask, but they, they had no idea. They were sitting there going, where are we? How did we get here? What's going on? So you right. get completely disoriented within this fog. Right. But then he leads them back with music. He
0: the, the sisters hear the music while they're in the fog and they just follow the music out so that
1: they they end up where they started. Yeah. So Casey cares enough about them to get them out of the fog. Right. Which shows that he's not really like this massive evil person. Well, well I mean, mean he doesn't touch peacemaker, he picks it up with stick. Right, because he, he, and
0: and you brought this up, I don't, you know, we don't know if he's a demon or not, but yeah. you know, the fact that he
1: filled the void with a story about getting high, I'm like, "Yeah, mm, dude. What's yep. up with that?" Yep. And you know, we know the fog now. We know the fog erases memories mm-hmm. in small doses. It can be reversed mm-hmm. when Jeremy um, discusses they, they figured out a serum and he injects it into Waverly and Winona's necks mm-hmm. uh, at the auction mm-hmm. and they come back and then, you know, the episode comes to its conclusion. So we know that if a small time in the fog can be corrected by the serum, But we've also learned that this fog can permanently alter everything about you and drive you to the point of ripping your own face off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is where
0: we have Jeremy filling in the void of what happened to him and Robin. And hearing, you know, Jeremy introduce Winona to Robin towards the end of the episode, Winona actually had the same reaction we did when we first saw Robin, you know. Is this Robin? Is it not? That, that
1: hesitance and then that realization, because right. she had lived through the fog now. Right.
0: And, you know, now we understand why, you know, Robin, quote, wears a mask every day. Yeah. You know, he spent weeks in the fog to the point of
1: losing his mind and tearing his own face off. And then you have Jeremy, when he's explaining all of this, he feels this weight of guilt, Because he asked Robin when he was tired or whatever and BBD dragged him away, he said, Robin, jump, do what I need you to do, find the Earp sisters, find Doc. Mm -hmm. And Robin did. And so he feels absolutely responsible for this. And every Tuesday in these meetings, he puts a little bit of the serum in Robin's coffee, hoping for a miracle where there's a buildup in the system and Robin maybe gets his memories back to who Robin was
0: before. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, there's some scenes in there that maybe it is coming back a little bit, you know? Yeah.
1: When, when uh, Doc calls or yeah, he calls Jeremy and they have that conversation of mm-hmm. uh realization that the Earp sisters had lost their memory. And I think it was Robin going, you know, you have uh, somebody important, I think was what he referred it to. And right. he said, no, it's quote, an enigma wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in a mustache. And, Now that could be two things Mm -hmm. because we don't know. The writers are brilliant and they come up with a lot of things and lead us down one Avenue when it's a different one. Yeah. This could be in reference to doc because Robin was around doc and doc does have his killer mustache, Mm -hmm. but in season three, Jeremy had one as well. So is he remembering Jeremy or is he remembering doc? Is the serum working? Is this naturally reversible? Yeah. And, and that's, that's what really
0: broke me about Jeremy and Robin. I mean, you could really see the pain and the grief and the, and the guilt, like you said, emanating from Jeremy. You know, he, he loves Robin so much that he is willing to let Robin go, even if it means Robin goes home to another man, right? And, and I have to say this, I love the fact that the writers did this, that even though Robin lost his memory, his core being is still the same. He is a gay man. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a new boyfriend. Um, That's who he is. He didn't lose that. He lost his memories, but he didn't lose who he is.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's extremely important here, Mm -hmm. but also, and I'm just going to bring it back a little bit in regards to the BBD. They know about this fog. They know it exists. Obviously they've got, you know, Robin there, Um, but they know about the fog and the best guess they have is that it's oozing out of the garden, Mm -hmm. So, I'm I'm torn. Like, is it something BBD created? Is it something out of the garden? I don't know. That's my little tidbit there, and we can get to it in a second. But they also say that it's moving. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that the perimeter around the Ghost River Triangle, because that is what they said. It's a fog that surrounds the Ghost River Triangle, that it is shrinking. Mm -hmm. If the perimeter is shrinking, everybody, everybody in all of Purgatory is at risk. And they're all going to have to work together, possibly. Like they all, like the Revenants worked with Winona to be set free. Maybe this is a demons all have to work with, you know, Winona and the quote unquote heroes. So it becomes a completely different. Does that make any kind of sense to you? I mean, it does, but it, if it's man-made, then BBD,
0: if BBD was the one who created it, then they have the, they have the serum. But
1: yeah, but yeah. if it's not man-made and it's supernatural and maybe taking care of Eve doesn't remove it oh no then don't go there there's only don't go there Waverly sitting on the throne and taking her father's place and turning to stone you know
0: what i said don't go there
1: well it, it's it's a question i i know i it's just the 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 implication is heartbreaking
0: yes because i i really i really do want to see waverly happy
1: and yes I, I agree. And I also, I'm leaning more towards the fog being some kind of man made thing. And I, I could be completely wrong, but with the garden being inside the Ghost River Triangle. I'm confused about how the fog can ooze out and go to a perimeter, but not have like, they they don't specify, oh yes, it starts at the garden and wraps around.
0: It's, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, what, how, how then does it like skip the, the interior and go to the exterior to just,
1: you know, bring them together. But, but then, you know, we don't know what happened to Eve. So we don't know what Eve has done, what the garden has done.
0: For now, I'm going to suspend my disbelief of, of physics.
1: But and but you know what you know who does know the answer who you know who does know the way out who Emily Andrews the amazing writers the brilliant crew and the wonderful cast they know everything really yes because they've seen the script yes and they shot everything a <laughs> new way and this is my way of bringing it into a lighthearted twist
0: <sighs>
1: well we're not in the lighthearted oh man side yeah I don't know how much my heart can take um
0: all right so let us uh, pivot a little bit pivot okay. At Um, And let's talk about Doc. Okay. So we had our five questions before season B started. Yes. And we had a specific one about Doc and Winona. Do you remember?
1: Yes. And if I remember correctly, it was something to the effect of, will they make up and will will we see Alice again? Yeah.
0: So, you know, in this current episode, we actually hear Doc say that he's not ready to let the greatest love of his life go. And you were right. It was Winona.
1: Yay. You're awesome. And I love you.
0: But he also did say...
1: That he has a daughter that he'll never know. Yeah. Looking into Tim Rozon's eyes when he says that is just, he broke me. You yeah. know, it feels like Toc just yearns to be with his family. And no matter where he and Winona currently are, mm-hmm. he will still protect his family. And his family is Winona, Nicole, uh, Waverly. Jeremy, you know, his chosen family he will protect come hell or high water, even if he doesn't agree with them. Yeah. And in that last scene of that episode, you see why you don't ever mess with Doc. In my opinion, and I, this goes back to the previous episode, uh, I think he was talking to Cleo and Doc says, you know, he's a great sidekick. He's, he's the, the best, best sidekick. sidekick. Yeah. Um. I don't, I don't think Doc is the best sidekick. I just think Doc is the best. Mm. I mean... He loves fully. He is flawed. He accepts his flaws. He wants to grow and he wants to learn and he wants to get better. And he just he loves so fully.
0: Yeah, that's really well said. And yeah, he's he's very loyal to his to his family, blood yeah. or chosen.
1: He does the right thing for the right reasons, given the information in front of him.
0: Yeah. And let me just say,
1: mm-hmm. I like the fact that he doesn't suck
0: on the blood of. His family, really? Yes, I went there. <clears throat> you are trying to
1: make lighter moments here. Um, well, <laughs> do we have any darker moments to discuss? I think
0: there is just one more, and to me, that's you know Winona and how how she feels so alone that because she and Docker are in opposite ends now, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's very it's very sad to see the 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 emptiness within Winona. During the last scene, even, you know, when Waverly says, you know, you can just call him. Yeah, I, I was wondering, is it really that simple?
1: Pick up the phone, call him? The action itself is simple. It's the after you answer. Like, if you and I were fighting, mm. the action to pick up the phone and call you is, is the decision to even do so is. Mm-hmm. You just pick up the phone, you dial, or, you know, in the case of a cell phone, push your face and it dials you but when you answer the phone the fear of rejection of you hanging up the the anger the the discussion actually facing what the argument was about yeah that's the hard part so if you take it into this situation i would think the idea of winona picking up the phone would be an easy decision for her she can easily pick up the phone that's not the issue that's not the
0: issue the yeah. issue
1: is She's vulnerable. She's hurting. And if she calls him, she has to talk about it. She has to face it and possibly admit that she was wrong. Maybe. Maybe she has to accept that, you know what, what Doc thought she did was wrong and she has to hear him. She has to really hear him and understand his point of view and conversely, he has to really hear her Mm -hmm. and understand where she's coming from. They need to have a really serious conversation, a very adult conversation and... That That is the most difficult part. There are things I don't ever want to talk to you about. We have had those serious hard conversations about end-of-life care and things like that that we don't ever want to discuss or ever want to think about. But you but have it's them because it's necessary. And Winona, how does she deal with her vulnerability and things that she needs to, how does she deal with it? Right. She drinks, she has sex, she passes out. and She's she, trying to mask it. She's just masking the pain, yeah. And and I believe it was uh, Waverly and Nicole when they were discussing with her in, in one of the episodes that you know you're you're going out, you're hunting and drinking, and you're not sleeping. And she goes, "No, I am sleeping." And Nicole goes, "No, you're passing out." There's a difference, right? There is a difference. She's just existing. She's no longer living because she's got this weight. But to deal with it, to face it, I think that's the most difficult, scary, terrifying thing ever.
0: Yeah, because you don't know what the results are. The it's it's out of your hands then. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's interesting as you were talking, I'm actually thinking about uh something that's not in the episode but something that Melis Grafano tweeted before the episode aired. Okay. Um and folks, if you haven't seen it, uh we've we're going to link it in our show notes page. Um you know, but she was dressed up as Britney Spears and the background music was from Britney's number 1 hit hit me baby one more time. Okay. And maybe this is a stretch, but I'm just thinking that maybe that was a setup to show how the character is, um, is lonely and that, you know, the lyrics of the song, you know, says loneliness is killing her. She, she let doc go. So when Winona isn't with doc, she loses her mind. Again, this might be a stretch, but the fact that you know the lyrics of that song actually encompasses the the thing that that Winona is going through throughout this whole entire season so far. I think that that was a, a nice little tidbit that they put out there.
1: See, I'm I'm fifty fifty on it because part of me thinks that this crew writers actors are brilliant and they don't really put anything out there that doesn't have multiple meanings. Right. But conversely, part of me is like, or it could just be that it was a really funny, awesome clip, you know, knowing your audience. When I first saw that, I thought that exactly, right? But
0: now... After seeing the episode? Now after seeing the episode and thinking about the lyrics of the song, you know, was that... Because everything is planned, right? So was this part of the plan or was that just happy coincidence? I... You know, I don't know. With Winona Earp, I don't think there's anything that's coincidence.
1: No, I, I don't think there is either. And I can see where you're going with it. Yeah. I don't know, but I can understand it. Yeah. So anyway, that, that I think that's that's plenty of dark moments, isn't it? Oh God, I don't know how much more my heart can take.
0: Okay. So well, so let's leave the dark side there and go talk about the lighter side. You go first. Okay. So it's official. We have a way hot wedding. <laughs> or, or at least... Well, that's what Nicole alluded to, you know, at the beginning scenes of the, of this episode.
1: You know, they didn't shy away from it. I mean, Nicole is going shopping in the city uh, with Rachel for a white dress Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, Waverly does mention at the end where she is getting married. Yep. You know, so they're not shying away from discussing the wedding, but purgatory does have a way of messing with well-intentioned and well-laid out plans.
0: Yes, but we're focusing on the light part here. Light. Don't pull us back into the dark side. I am the dark side. Really? I'm ignoring oh. that. Anyway. No? no? Really bad? No. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, what are the lighter moments
1: for you? I love Herb Sister moments. <laughs> yeah, you do? I just, I love their antics. And to be honest, this was like the epitome of the creme de la creme of Herb Sister antics, especially, especially because it was like, they were innocent. Yes. You know, they didn't have all the baggage of their history. Right. And
0: shout out to uh, Kevin Batchelder, who I was thinking of when uh, Waverly said that she needed Earp's sister time.
1: Yes. Every time when Ona said baby girl, <laughs> I just kept thinking of Kevin.
0: Yeah. Um, I love the fact that you mentioned innocence because when they did lose their memories, you know, they, it was showing the lighter side of them. Like they had, they had fun memories, the core of them, right? The core People who they are, they, they, Winona loving Halloween when she said that she hated
1: Halloween. Yeah.
0: Right. Before life got in the way, she actually loved Halloween.
1: It was also, speaking of the core, you can tell where they're at the auction and they're on the pole, which Mm -hmm. I always giggle because, you know, Winona's on a pole. (laughs) It's just, I couldn't (laughs) stop with that. I was like, oh, you know, Aphrodite made me do it. So they're sitting there and she's like, you were the best sister ever. And she's like, how do you know? And she's like, I don't know. I just do. Yeah. I really love that they thought they were each other. Yes. And uh, Waverly thought she was the
0: sheriff. Yes. And, okay, so I thought it was cute that Waverly wanted to be like the, you know, the big bad protector. <laughs> yeah, <You know>, she's, <laughs> she's
1: wearing the sheriff's
0: outfit. Yes. She looks but, so small. Yes, but you know what? So I have a question about that. Okay. And it's probably not what everybody else is thinking, but all right. if that outfit or if that uniform was Nicole's yes if Waverly put it on wouldn't it be like big on her well she mentioned that it was a little loose yes but it it was it was not that loose it was like it looked good on her now granted it was it was very nice but if i put on your clothes for example yes. right i would have to roll up the the pant cuffs and the sleeves and all of that because i would be swimming because you're 59 and i'm 52
1: Yeah, but there's not as dramatic a difference between the two actresses. Uh, I think there is. It's not, but it's not as extreme as ours, is what I'm saying. Well, you know what? Plus, it's wardrobe. I mean, in the realm of disbelief here, come on. I am fully okay, 100%, with Waverly running around in a slightly loose sheriff (laughs) outfit instead of running around where it looks like she's wearing her father's clothes. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, well, maybe it's just, like I said, no one else is thinking that except for me because that's like
1: my reality. What's funny is the first thing I thought of was when uh, I used to work in Brooklyn mm-hmm. for anybody who doesn't know. I went to work. I, it was like four o'clock in the morning. I used to have to wake up to to leave. Mm-hmm. So I just grabbed a pair of jeans that were hanging up. Now, obviously when you're married, we have one closet in our bedroom. We share a closet. Mm-hmm. I went to work. I thought nothing of it. You were wearing pants. I, yes. No, honey, I wasn't wearing pants. This isn't a Zoom meeting. I actually had to go to work. So I was wearing these jeans. And the whole day, I'm wondering why I can see my socks. Because we, we actually are the same size jeans, just not length. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, great. So I go to work. And Nicole, my colleague, not Nicole Hot, Nicole, my colleague, shout out, Nicole, love you. She looks at me once and she's just like, you know, are you wearing flood pants? And I look down and it finally as i was sitting i looked down i'm like why are these pants like so high why can i see my socks and granted i was wearing dark colored socks but it was just like so you can hide can I, it a little bit huh it was like why can i and when i stood up they barely touched like the top of my boots and i was wearing timberland boots so i'm looking and i'm like they don't even barely touch it so when you sit down they're like up another three inches so I come home and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what happened. Did I shrink my jeans? And she's like, well, what, what are they? What size are they? And I'm like, they're, they're my size. And she's like, okay, but Sheila's like, take, take the jeans off and look. And I'm like, I'm telling you, they're my pants. I don't know what I did. They're my pants. And I take them off and it's, it says um, our size, and then it says petite, petite, or like short. It like, I don't remember if it's an S or a P. And I'm like, oh, they were your pants. <laughs> See, that's my point. It was bad, like, for a full day. And the thing is, when I was working in Brooklyn, these were 16 to, you know, 18 hour days. I had to literally, I was trying to hide it. So I kept trying to shimmy the pants down. <laughs> it was horrible. It was horrible. But
0: yeah, that's what I was thinking of when seeing that scene.
1: That's what you were thinking of? Yes.
0: Well, everybody else was, that's 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 why I said. She looked really good. But I was thinking,
1: you know, it should be, it should be bigger. But anyway yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna drop that because size doesn't necessarily matter and i'm gonna go (coughs) to um at the homestead (coughs) when uh waverly and winona were having their quiet moment together Mm -hmm. only to be interrupted by nicole who unretired her police uniform and there's really only one thing to say to that you know what that is
0: what oh my god you just had to figure out a way to get that in there, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I really did. Oh my god, this is perfect sound effect, though, isn't it? Uh, yes. But
0: to your point, yes, that was uh, that was actually one of the funnier moments because I I loved Winona's facial expressions and the commentary. <laughs> like, I actually missed the fact that she said, "Okay," I, suddenly I was in the porno. I, yeah. I thought she said something else, but as they continued kissing, then Winona continued to said, "Yep." It's happening right here. <laughs> and I was just like rolling on the floor. Again, credit to, to Melanie here. She, she was just fabulous in the scene because she was very deadpan and funny one moment. And then when Nicole asked her, do you mind if I steal Waverly for a minute? And then she turns to Nicole and just says, a minute, you better make her happy for the rest of her life. And it makes me actually teary-eyed now because even in Winona's heartache, she still wants to make sure that her baby sister is loved and well taken care of.
1: Yeah. I mean, but that also goes to a testament to the Earp sisters. Yeah. And it goes to testament to this chosen family. Doc is broken. Jeremy's broken. And I'm just going to pull it all back. The writers, the cast, the crew, everything showing how trauma is different for everyone. Yeah. They all went through something severe. Yeah. And how they're processing, how they're dealing... Is it's completely different. different, and it's just—it's brilliant, yeah. and it's well done, and it—it it breaks you. Yeah, you know, you just want to like be there for someone. You don't—you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. You just want to be there. Right. It's just God. It's heartbreaking. You just want them happy, but it's yes. not when own herb. If
0: yeah, I know. And I'm like, yeah, we were on the lighter side.
1: Yeah, how we, we were. Get,
0: how do we get here? I'm. And, I, I think we're gonna stop now because I don't know if my heart can handle uh, anymore. Anyway, so with all of that there's only one thing left to say.
1: Happy Halloween, baby girl.
0: (laughs) Yes, happy Halloween, everybody. And that wraps up our discussion of Hell Raising Good Time.
1: Yes, there there was a lot going on in this episode, so we really only touched on a few things, but we want to know, what about this episode struck you? Is there anything we missed that you wanted to discuss, and what did you think of it? Uh, Let us know on Twitter and Instagram, or you can drop us an email. Don't forget to click that little subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Yes,
0: and until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember, the opposite of fear will always be love. So dance like no one else is watching.